Hey everybody, welcome to episode 39 of So I've Been Told. My name is Adam Kramer and this is my podcast. My guest this week is Davey Basinger of the band Bleach. Now, you guys know I've been kind of on a kick where I'm talking to a lot of, uh, you know, older, like 90s, alternative, punk, ska, whatever, Christian bands. And uh, Bleach is a band that was very much in that world. And, you know, going back even further than that, some of my introduction to music in general was uh, like DC Talk and Audio Adrenaline, like old Christian hip-hop and rock groups that were on Forefront Records. And Bleach was on both Forefront and also on Tooth and Nail. So this was a really fun conversation for me to go back. I'd never met Davey before, you know, getting connected on the internet, and he is a super great dude, and I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we did talk about them winning a Dove Award, which, if you don't know, was kind of like a Christian Grammy in the 90s. Super weird, but uh, we had brought up if Five Iron had ever won one, so I wanted to check in with uh, Leonore, former guest of the pod, friend of the pod, and she said that they were nominated once, but they did not win, And uh, but the W's did, and uh, they said they always wanted, and Five Iron said they always wanted to re- release an album that was worthy of the bird. So that's what Leonore had to say about that. I don't have a connection with any of the guys in the W's, but... If any of you do, send me a message. I'd love to uh, love to talk to them and hear their story. But anyway, I really hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Davey. Uh, to start off the pod, you're going to hear Write It Down by Bleach. I'll write it down for you. All that I've lost, I'm collecting my thoughts and some paper and pencil if you're not listening now, if you're not listening now 
Um, where where are you at right now? Uh, I live in Columbia, Tennessee. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't south of, south of Nashville. Nice, cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly where uh, where you were these days, but uh, yeah. well, anyway, I mean, we'll just go through and you know, you, yeah, man, you know, tell tell the story and you know. So, how did you originally get into music? What was your your introduction to, and, and kind of you know specifically kind of more you know more underground um, type music? Um, yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I mean, starting before underground, I think my mom, I mean, we didn't really have, my brother was like sang in a band growing up. He was okay. like in a metal band, uh, like a hair metal band and called Diamond Heart. <laughs> and, uh, he was my older brother. So I always wanted to kind of be like him. Uh, he sang in church too a lot. And, um, I mean, they did like their band did like, you know, did their like high school dances and stuff like that. Yeah. And so from an early age, I remember, and I think, honestly, I think my, one of my, just feeling this flashback now, but, uh, one of my first things that got me into wanting to play guitar or music was, uh, Back to the Future, when okay. Mark Fly, like, had that giant amp. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, I got, I asked for my first electric guitar when I was in junior high sometime, and I, I got it for Christmas, mm -hmm. and I, it was like a harmony, just kind of a crappy guitar, and uh, I broke every single string but one on the first day. And my parents, I told my parents I need more new strings, and they they just were like, "You're not serious about this. You broke it already." And I'm like, "I'm like, no, I'm really serious about it. I broke them already." You know, yeah. like to me that was like a an accomplishment. So yeah. that was that was when I first got into music. Um, I think. I think in high school I was really trying to find different stuff. Um, I definitely was like pretty involved in church at that point in my church. And so I was trying to find like, I mean, I loved everything that was going on, you know, smashing pumpkins and uh, I'm trying to think of what was big at that moment. Nirvana, obviously, Pearl Jam. Yeah. But, but uh, um, I was trying to find other kind of more underground stuff and I started to find like, Mike Knott, and uh, there was this one station, I don't even know what the radio station was, but they would play, like, kind of cool Christian music. Nice. Uh, and, like, for, like, an hour, a couple hours on a Friday night, and so I would listen to that, and I remember I would, like, record it, and, <laughs> and like, play it back, and then I, t I had, like, a couple different, like, I was always taking stuff apart, so I, yeah. I had, like, a, um, a couple different... Uh, like uh, cassette players, yeah, and I would like bounce the songs I liked and then get rid of the ones I didn't. <laughs> and so I would have my own little playlist. Um, it's a lot easier these days than that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So that's kind of how I started. And then when nice. I started actually playing music, I I honestly like a lot of guys pick up a guitar because they want to play. Like like back in that in the day, it was like they want like my buddy he he picked up guitar because he wanted to play Metallica. You yeah, know? he wanted to play like songs. For me, I picked up guitar honestly not because I wanted to play a song, but because or because I want to play somebody else's song, but I wanted to write my own song. Cool. So I feel like there was something in me pretty deep in the beginning of just wanting to like make make my own thing. So like I learned two chords yeah. out of a guitar book, uh, the Mel Bay guitar book, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. 
but it was just having the cord positioning, and I like tried my best to put my fingers in the right spot. Yeah. And uh, E and A minor are like the same fingering. You yeah. Just move. And so like <laughs> they sound really stupid together, but that's how <laughs> that was my first song. I don't remember it, but I know it was those two chords. Yeah. Like, back and forth, pretty easy. Uh, it wasn't hard. And so from that point on, I just wrote songs. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Now, was has Tennessee always been always been home for you? No, I actually grew up in Indiana. Okay. Um, cool. so about in between Bloomington and Indianapolis. So okay. that was my uh, that's my stomping grounds growing up. Yeah. And then so was uh was the move to and you guys you met in college, is that that correct? You the bleach uh, yeah, guys? Ble- the uh, bleach guys we all met. Uh, we went to Kentucky Christian College. Okay. Oh yeah, Kentucky. Not not. Uh, I got it confused. I get all those. I get all those Midwestern states confused. <laughs> yeah, we went. So I moved from Indiana and went to college in Kentucky. I was there for about a year. I guess two year, two years. I think I went to college and then we dropped out. Uh, we got a record deal and yeah. dropped out and moved to Nashville. Yeah. So, and then it's I've been here ever since. Yeah. Well, I just. Honestly, I keep moving south. I, I moved to Nashville, then I moved to an area called Brentwood, which is south of Nashville, okay. then I moved to Spring Hill, which is south of there. I mean, now Columbia, which is even further south, so I'm going to I'm gonna end up being in, like, the Gulf of Mexico before <laughs> we're all said and done, I think. Yeah. Now, uh, was Bleach the first band that you had played in? Uh, you kind of cut out there. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, uh, was Bleach your first band? Uh, in high school, I had a band called Proven Right, okay, <laughs> uh, which is the we- stupidest name. Um, yeah, but it was just kind of a couple guys, and and even before that, before I could play instrument, I think uh, me and some guys in my some kids in my neighborhood had like my buddy's dad had a bunch of like drum had drums and a bass, and I don't even think he had a guitar, but he had that in his uh, like music room or whatever and so we started yeah. a band back before that called uh man, i think it was like wild stallions or something like that <laughs> but but we never even knew how to play instruments we just thought it was cool to be in a band we, we had a we would on the bus ride home which was like in junior high or no no it was in elementary school we would ride the bus home and we would play like air instruments to whatever was on the the radio station yeah that the bus had, so Nice, and I th- yeah. So you had a, a string of interesting band names there. I, I know that on the the Wikipedia page it says that Bleach was originally called Muffin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think you know we started in college and we just were like, that was a time period where there was so many kind of. I mean, not that there's even a cool band name. I don't know that there is a cool band name, <laughs> but I, I definitely don't think Bleach is a cool band name. But like. That was like everything was kind of tongue in cheek, you know. There yeah. were bands like Smashing. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins is a horrible band name. Yeah. But, you know, Pearl Jam <laughs> is a horrible band name, but yeah. And I think Muffin was just like we were kind of like we kind of liked Weezer and we kind of liked President of the United States of America, and it mm-hmm. sounded kind of uh, funny. Yeah. So we thought that was cool. You know, it was <laughs> everything was in that in that moment in time. I think everything was. There was like a moment that, and I happened to live through it, but where 80s like metal hair bands were like the coolest thing, Guns N' Roses was awesome, Poison was awesome, and then all of a sudden, 
like within a matter of a month, it went from that being really cool to being really lame. Yeah. Like overnight. And it began, and Nirvana came and it became like everything was anti rock star. So thus your band name needed to be kind of anti rock star, <laughs> which I don't know. We might have went a little too far with Muffin, but um, that was. <laughs> That was the name we went with. I don't know what we're thinking. Yeah. So how, how did that get that band get started? And, you know, what were your first kind of experiences playing out? Um, we, I'm trying to think. So when I got to college, Sam, Sam and Matt Gingrich, mm-hmm. uh, who Sam was with Bleach the whole time, and Matt was our original drummer and was with us for our first three records. And then a guy named Todd Kirby, who was our original bass player, okay. they they were all a year before me in college. So okay. they they were in college. They started a band. I think their band was called Special Ross or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, that band started, and and then I came to college. And the very first day of school, I broke my I broke my uh, hand skateboarding. Like okay. I broke my like kind of wrist. Yeah. And um, so. There were like two bands on campus, basically. I mean, there were maybe three, but like two main bands. One was this band Sam and Matt were in, and another was another band. And the dude from the other band that wasn't what would become Bleach asked me if I would play guitar once my... He walked by my room. He didn't even... He never heard me play. I was not a good... I'm still not a good guitar player. But he's like, dude, you got a bunch of equipment in here. Like, you got mics and guitars. Do you want to play guitar for us? And I was like sure i'll like try out and uh but my hand's broken you know and so um i met sam probably two or three weeks later and he was he was like we talked for a little bit and then he said hey man do you want to come try out and sing and i was like my hand was still in a cast and i was like sure so i i went and i i loved what they were like they played i went to like their practice and listened and i was loving what they were doing so that's how that's how Bleach, I guess, got formed. Yeah. Well, just met those dudes, and Scam- Sam and I spent a lot of time skipping class and doing <laughs> stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, how, how soon after you guys, you know, came together, did you start, you know, playing outside of that area and traveling and, and touring? Uh, well, our first thing, I think, was like a talent show at our mm-hmm. school, and then we played, we played a thing called the Pumpkin Fest, which we thought was like, that was like our big um, coming out. It was like they had like a they had like microphones and like a PA system. Yeah. And then and then after that, it just started picking up, and we played like we really played a lot of little small towns in Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. We played like little little coffee shops and clubs, um, and and some like churches or youth groups. You know, yeah. there were a lot of there were a lot of dudes at the school that were. Uh, doing part-time like ministry work like mm-hmm. that or they were like a part-time youth minister at these little tiny churches in Kentucky yeah and I mean uh you know the churches may have like some of them would have like a hundred people at the most at the church but they would have like a youth group of 50 you know or yeah. 20 or or a couple guys would get their kids that are in their kind of youth group or whatever together and we would we would play shows like that or we'd play like clubs or coffee houses so pretty quickly afterwards we started we started doing shows and we we had a matt our drummer had his dad had given him or let him use like this station wagon 
it was green. I don't know if you remember like like those old station wagons that have like the wood on the sides. Yep. <laughs> um, our fake faux wood. Yeah. You know, it had that on the sides. It was green on the top, and we called it the we called it the dragon wagon. And we would rent <laughs> U-Haul trailers and hook it up to that thing. I remember yeah. once it, it was like smoking. Like we were driving, and all of a sudden it started smoking. We opened up, we opened up the hood, and the engine was glowing. Oh wow! Like red because <laughs> it was like way too much to be pulling that trailer, so yeah. we had to stop and wait. But um, yep, that's what we toured in for a while was the dragon yeah. wagon. Cool. Now was it was it always your uh, you know was at the time was playing within kind of the Christian market? Was that just kind of like was that? kind of your goal or was that just kind of kind of where you guys were at at the time and where the opportunities were i'm always curious because i know you know, there's a lot of bands that you know they they start one way and change or um you know just kind of yeah. your 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 viewpoint on that and how that all came together i don't think like like i was talking i was talking to the switchfoot guys and they were saying that they never wanted to be in the christian market or never mm. have planned that and i don't think we really I don't know if we really cared. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think it was really like, I don't think we ever felt like we were like, I just felt like we wanted to make good music. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like we really were like, Oh dude, we're anti this thing. I think there's definitely been times throughout where we've been disappointed with, yeah, with what that was, you know, but, um, the Christian market or whatever, but, um, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I don't think we were like anti it, but I, I also don't think we were anti like clubs or bars. We definitely yeah. did that too. So it was like, we just were at that point, dude, we were just like, whoever wants to listen, we want yeah. to play some music. <laughs> as long as you try to have some fun while we're doing it, we want to do it. So yeah. I think that's kind of how it was. It wasn't like a, I mean, I think there's different times where we kind of had more of a focus, you know, I mean, I, that kind of just, that kind of just stayed throughout our career really. Honestly. Yeah. We just kind of played to whoever wanted to listen. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's you know I, that's kind of my first band was kind of similar where we were just like we never really talked about being a Christian band, but we would play if a church you know offered us to play a show, and but we just kind of wanted to make good music for whoever was listening. <laughs> yeah, a, it's kind of weird. I mean, I think honestly, I feel like we're in a little. A lot of people would say we're in a worse place musically. Uh, when it comes to Christian music or whatever, but like, I think we're kind of in a better spot. Oh yeah, like, I agree. The reason that that our band was able to exist, well, there's a couple reasons, but one is one is because youth pastors during that time were telling kids to burn their CDs. <laughs> you know, so yeah, if you burnt your C, if you burnt your CD, then you honestly, then you had to find something that was acceptable. Yeah, and somehow we were acceptable. I don't know. I don't know if we're really that much different, but somehow we were accepted um, because of maybe just because of a tag. Yeah. Um, and then also the other thing that, ah, man, this is probably not the, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how people take this. I don't care. But I think, I think the truth is honestly, the thing that allowed a lot of bands and most of these bands would, most of the bands that are like, we think of as really, really cool would, probably say this is not true but the thing that allowed the opportunity for a lot of a band tooth and nail bands to exist is jesus freak 
<laughs> DC oh, yeah. Talk. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the it, dude. Like, I mean, if that wouldn't have happened, even before that, all the other bands that were on the fringe or on the edge were not accepted. Yeah. Like, they were like, the they were still like the wrong beat or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's a weird, it's weird to yeah. think that that was a real thing, but it was like, that's too rock and roll to be accepted as somebody you know whatever it yeah. is church yeah it was a, it was a huge cultural shift um yeah you know and kind of on that you know on that note how did you guys get connected with forefront um well like the the band audio adrenaline mm-hmm. uh went to kentucky christian okay. college too and so their old their original guitar player barry blair yeah who i think he was only the first two records um, he was with Audio Drum. Oh no, three records. I think first three records. He was. Um, he somehow hurt. He some his our old, our original guitar player sent him a sent him a tape or okay. like a demo. Yeah. He came and he decided he said he would come and produce it. So yeah. he did, and that's kind of how I guess he was at a party with the like the label a label party and the head of the label Eddie DeGarmo asked him like what he was up to and he's like oh I'm producing a band he's like I want to hear it and so that's yeah. how it happened so nice cool and we kind of we kind of tricked our way into that I think like <laughs> um the very first thing that Eddie DeGarmo came the label head came to see was a show at our college yeah well like dude it was on the like we pumped it so hard and the school got behind us the school you know it's like a tiny school and they yeah. want notoriety so when they heard that this record executive was coming they started they started like even on the announcements on the screen <laughs> and like throughout the school you know they have normal announcements you know like yeah. they're on tv screens throughout the throughout the like school and stuff and they put that we were coming so it was kind of stacked it was kind of a stacked odds, like everybody, I mean, even people that weren't our friends came to the show because everybody wanted something good to come out of there. So it was like, we packed out the place, you know, it, people were crowd surfing, it was just crazy chaos, and and uh, yeah, I think we kind of tricked our way into it. Nice. So what were your, you know, what were your, some of, what were some of the early tours once you guys did sign with, with Forefront, and what, whether, what other artists... I don't know why I can't talk tonight. Uh, what other, what other artists were you guys you know hitting the road with at that point? Um, man, this always feels like such a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> uh, I think our first I'm trying to think our very first tour was like 13 shows with Audio Jolin. Okay. And uh, we did we did like 13 shows with them, and that felt like a lot to us at the yeah. time. Really, it's pretty short, not much. <laughs> um, and then uh. After that, we did a tour with a, a band called Code of Ethics. Okay. Yeah, another which, forefront band. Yeah, which is another <laughs> forefront band. So basically, we they were just trying to we were just trying to get our feet wet. Yeah. Um, and learn how to play our instruments better, and learn how to be a band. And um, after that tour, and that wasn't like it wasn't that wasn't a super success. I mean, there wasn't a lot of artists on that tour. I mean, there wasn't a lot of fit, people who can't came out to shows yeah. tour. it's pretty small tour so I mean we'd have nights where it was like 50 we'd have nights where there was like 150 200 
And yeah. so from that point on, after that tour, we started doing our own tours. And mm-hmm. we just would headline tours. We just did our own shows and kept kind of building. But we never were able to get on a bigger tour, really, um, until, I'm trying to think, we did a tour with Fire and Frenzy, their, like, farewell tour. Yeah. We did that tour, and that was that was awesome. It was their, like, last tour, so that was a pretty big one. And then, but a lot of bands opened, like, we had a lot of bands open for us. I mean, like Reliant K's first tour, they opened yeah. up for us. There was a band called PAX 217 that opened up for us. John Rubin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. We had some weird, like we Good Charlotte did, opened up for us one show. Oh, weird. <laughs> we had, we had a, um, I'm trying to think, the big one. What's that band? Uh, Fall Out Boy. They, they opened up one show in, in uh, um, Buffalo. Oh, wow. Um, I'm I'm in Rochester, by the way, so that's that's okay. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I think it was the Showplace Theater. Okay. Yeah, in that, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, and then we and then we did the Five Iron tour, and then we did another Reliant K tour. I can't remember if we did that before the Five Iron tour or after. We did another Reliant K tour that was they were headlining because they yeah. just kind of got rocketed. Yeah. So we're we're like, hey, will you take us out? And they're like, yeah. So, um, and I'm trying to think of any other two big tours. We toured with Squad Five O, um, in the band called the Insiders. Yeah. We did our own tour with the with Joy Electric, uh, and um, a bit, uh, Miss Angie. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. But we did a tour with her and and Ronnie, and uh, did a tour with Plank Guy. It mm-hmm. was awesome. I love those guys. Yeah. In my in, in my head is like I mean I'm I'm 33 so I was like pretty young but I was like super into all of you know all of these bands as a kid and like yeah. you you guys and and Plant Guy were always kind of like in the same like I don't know I always like thought of you guys together and maybe I mean you know there's some similarities stylistically I but I think it was always like oh you guys were the bands with the dudes with with glasses. That was in my head. That's how I always categorized you guys as a kid. Dude, I freaking love that band, man. I still do. Like Eric Balmer is one of my favorite singers. Like I, that's so that's a big honor, man. I, I like his. He's got a project called Feeling. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard any of that, but like, dude, I love I love that dude's songwriting and yeah. I love his voice. So. Let's. It's crazy too, because I mean, he was on that labeled podcast and talked about how those last. Like the last two Plank Guy records, he wasn't even like, like he said like, oh yeah, we were just doing it because of label obligations. And Strange yeah. Exchange, I think, is a masterpiece, dude. Like that record is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's the like when we toured with them, it was it's I listened to that same one that you're mm-hmm. talking about. And yeah. When we toured with them, like that was that was right during the time where they were like. I was like, why are you guys so, like, because there was times when they just seemed really, like, bummed, like, bummed yeah. out and depressed. What's what's going on? And that's what it was. They were just trying to, they were just trying to pay all their debts, you know, yeah. pay and finish their obligations. And I thought that was, I mean, hindsight, I think that's pretty honorable. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, well, I don't know. That could be part, I don't know. I was going to say that could be why we, we did our last record with Tooth and Nail. We never toured it, but we finished we finished our contract, so yeah. that might be. I don't know if that was why, sub subconsciously or not. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanna, but I, anyway, <laughs> and uh, I forgot to say, we also toured with uh, 
a rad band called um shoot i can't remember their name i was just <laughs> i was just, i was about to say it and i forgot it uh hot rod circuit okay cool yeah yeah nice so I want to I want to talk about kind of your the the move from forefront to tooth and nail, uh, but I also wanted to mention you guys like, you know, two years in winning a dove award, um, you know, do you have any interesting stories from uh, from that experience? Or uh, seems like seems like that whole uh, you know Christian Music Association or the whole yeah whatever is would be an interesting place to be. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we were kind of young and just kind of shell shocked by it all. I think I think we didn't really know what we were doing. To be yeah. honest with you, like you know, we were getting out of college. We didn't even we we didn't know who we were really. You yeah. Know? So I I mean I think it was fine. There's parts of that experience that I love, and then parts of it that I'm like, yeah, I don't need. I look back at it. Even lyrics, I'm like, why did I write that? I don't think I feel that. I definitely don't feel that way anymore. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm trying to think, uh, winning the dub was, it was different time too. Like that yeah. was a big, a way bigger event than it is now. Like, yeah. like Bridgestone arena is where they had it and it was full all the way to the top. Like it was wow. like, um, just packed. So I, I just think I was, I think more than anything weird, I was, I can speak for myself. I was just nervous, you know, yeah. I was like never stood in front of that many people. And <laughs> we all, all of the bleach guys, we all wore like white shirts like just straight white shirts and uh like wrangler like jeans that are so they're like stiff you can barely walk in them you know like just like and uh i think chuck taylor's and i remember getting up there everybody else was like dressed up in really nice yeah. outfits and just feeling like we're weirdos a little bit you know like my beard was like down to here which is normal now but then it was just like yeah i had like I had like I, I remember I had like these glasses that were like kind of like aviator glasses. I just thought they looked cool, but they really like <laughs> during that time it was not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was just like people thought I was I don't know. I think they just thought we were weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think I've had a dove award winner on my podcast before. So that you know, yeah, your your first. Well, well I don't know. Maybe know. maybe five iron won one at some point, but because I had I had Leonor on, but they uh, didn't. yeah. Well, I know they 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 always kind of had weird feelings about the whole uh, you know Christian scene anyway, but uh, I think I think the weird thing is is that like it's like you're I don't know it's like Christian music. I mean, we've I've said this a ton, but it's like how can you label art? I think all I mean like I don't know how can you label art as christian you know like did the did the art get saved was it baptized (laughs) like you know what i mean like i think in a sense every bit of creation like every bit of creating music art is an extension of what makes us is an extension of what god of creation you know what i mean like uh, it's the way that we are made in his image or in his likeness if you know, when the Bible says, you know, that people are made in God's image, I think the way that one of the ways that we're made in God's image is that we have the ability to think and we have consciousness and we can contemplate and dream and try to figure out ways to touch the human soul. You know what yeah. I mean? And so 
in that sense, I think any any music I've done this is a broad statement, and I don't probably I'm going to keep it broad. So you know, I don't <laughs> want anybody saying, "Well, this is not true or not uh, uh, <laughs> biblical," but it might not be. I don't know, but uh, I think in that sense, any any time that a human is able to create something that touches someone's soul or that reaches out and connects with somebody in a spiritual way yeah then you are doing somewhat of god's work or may or at least you're portraying your um your christ-likeness i guess yeah i, I guess say. you know like the, that's what's cool about it man i love it yeah awesome yeah i uh i gotta before i ask you about the move to uh to, to the nail just want to mention i i think my introduction to bleach was on the uh the seltzer 2 compilation uh oh yeah this came out in what like 98 so i think i was like i was probably 11 when I, so yeah <laughs> but uh so yeah can you tell me about kind of how things ended with forefront and then you know the decision to move to tooth and nail yeah um so forefront we were on our uh third record there uh there was a lot of other kind of politics that kind of happened the, the guy that signed us to the record label had sold it to emi mm -hmm. um and so forefront wasn't an independent label anymore and uh then he he had he, he like his deal was like he was going to stay for i think a year or two years yeah and then and then leave and have a new like ceo or new president of the label and so the new the new guys kind of came in. The vice president, the president left, and the new guys took over. And they're great dudes, but I think they just kind of were like in a spot where they wanted to do their own thing. And uh, at that moment in time, I think they were trying to go a little bit more more pop and less rock. Yeah. Um, they signed a, an artist called Ray's. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, My sister uh, had those CDs. Yeah. <laughs> And like Stacy Arika, and yeah. I think that was like the future of Forefront. And um, we didn't necessarily feel like that was our future at yeah. all, you know. And we went and had a meeting with them, and apparently they didn't think that either because <laughs> they were like, yeah. And we had just put out uh, the self titled record, which we, I still to this point, to this day, feel like that's one of our best, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's definitely the one that we discovered ourselves you know what I mean yeah. like we discovered who we actually actually were and uh, they just were like yeah we I'm not even joking I mean it's too it's so far gone now that it doesn't even matter that I say this but the real I never said this before but the reality is is like they were like yeah we we gave half of your marketing budget to this other band Oof. and we're <laughs> like uh okay what what happened what what are we and they're like you know basically they were like we don't this is the direction we're going and we we're like yeah. good because it's not really the direction we're going yeah and so we we're like independent and uh at that point we that's kind of how it ended you know i mean there was really no hard feelings it just yeah. was kind of like yeah we're not going the same place and we had felt a little bit um we had felt a little bit out of the, you know, we'd felt it. We'd felt yeah. different, you know? Um, 
So, and there was this whole new thing at Tooth and Nail that was happening that was like fit who we were. But yeah, we're in such a weird spot, dude. That like, I mean, like <laughs> the people at Tooth and Nail, like the you know really cool kids, we were not cool at all. And then the <laughs> the really like uh, cool kids at uh, um, like in the pop, like more mainstream Christian music, we were we were too like edgy, you know. Yeah. So it's like we we were not. And in the midst of that, there were, like, it's funny, we came back and did, like, some shows. We did, like, a, one of Cornerstone's last shows and and then a festival called Sunshine Festival. And at Cornerstone, like, it was, like, all these, like, metal bands that were, like, dude, we love Bleach. You know, you guys helped <laughs> us get started. Like, you're part of why we're a band. And then then we went to, like, like the other festival, Sunshine, and it was, like, all these CCM artists that were saying yeah. the same thing. So it's, like... We just never really fit. We were like, yeah, this weird. Yeah. So well, that, I mean, that that must mean a lot though to have that kind of coming from two different, spe- you know, ends of the spectrum of people that were influenced by what you guys were doing, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the awesome part, right? Yeah. Uh, especially hindsight, like in the middle of it, it's hard because you can't find a tour and you can't like. But in the but looking back, I, I mean, I don't regret it at all. Like, I mean, like. You know, to have like a, a band like, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, the Chariot say something to us, and yeah. then to have a band like Casting Crown say something, it's like <laughs> those are two di- those are two different worlds, man. Yeah, but yeah. Somehow, yeah, that's so. I guess yeah, you're right. It is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Rad. Um. Yeah, and it seems like, man, it seems like with Bleach there was a lot of, I mean, not that you guys weren't writing awesome music the whole time but along with that it seems like there was uh some right place at the right time things going on with uh you know the connection to audio adrenaline and dc talk blowing up at the you know around that same time and then moving to moving to tooth and nail in 03 when you know there was there were so many you know huge bands popping off at that point with tooth and nail yeah Dude, I think so. I mean, I think all of it. I mean, I think anybody that has success in music, it doesn't. I think a lot of it has to do with that. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. You know, I mean, I yeah. I ran a. Uh, I mean, after Bleach, I ran a record label for about seven years called Slow Speak, okay. and uh, we had a bunch of awesome bands. But that's what I would always tell the artists: like, you can literally be the best band. I mean, one of the best bands in the world, <laughs> and never ever make it. Yeah. It just has to be. You just have to be out there and be present and continue to push, push, and then the right thing. You have to be on the field, you know. Yeah. To be able to hit a home run, you know what I mean? And it's it's all kind of like fate and like the hand of God, you know, to whether yeah. it's going to work or not. You know, I mean, it's there were. I think I remember back there was a statistic. I know it's a lot more now. This is old old data, but like in 2010. There were like almost a hundred thousand records released on iTunes, like full length records. Yeah. And out of those hundred thousand, I think, or no, I think it was ninety thousand. Out of those ninety thousand, seventy thousand of them sold under a hundred copies. Yeah. Wow. So if you sold over a hundred copies, you're in the top like twenty five something percent. You know what I mean? Like of all artists yeah. in the world. You know so. If you sold a thousand, man, you're like in the top ten, you know. Yeah. If you sold two thousand, you're like, you know, you're pretty much like, 
might as well be like Coldplay or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's interesting too because now it's like the, you know, I mean the music and I mean you, you know obviously you know this and you know going the just the way the music industry operates has just evolved so so much even because now it's like people don't really buy music online they're just you know listening on you know spotify apple music or yeah or you know the nerdy people are you know the, the more vinyl. obsessive or yeah buying vinyl so um you know it's interesting to see how that's all that's all changed yeah it's i mean it's different it's a different landscape for sure and it's kind of crazy because I feel like in some ways it was the golden era of music in the sense of like from about the time vinyl came out, you know, yeah. originally, you know, to the end of CDs was like the time when you could actually, I mean, there's definitely people that are finding their way. I'm not saying that, but yeah. like it was a time that you could, you could make a pretty good living. And now it's kind of like, especially for underground artists, it's like more of like, it's kind of like a back to the like originally, you know, if you were an artist, you got commissioned, you know, yeah. you know, you got commissioned to paint, to paint on the ceiling of a chapel, or yeah. you got commissioned to, commissioned to make a, um, a symphony. You know what I mean? Somebody would pay for it, and <laughs> that's a lot like Kickstarter. You know, yeah. it's a lot like, uh, you know, crowdfunded music that happens a lot now. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of reverted back to its somewhere I think yeah somewhat. so what what was the uh you know what was the reason that you guys decided to call it a day that was in what oh four or oh five right yeah um like we I I'm kind of the one that I mean I think we all were kind of in that spot yeah but I was the one that kind of brought it up and for me it was the end of uh the Five Iron Frenzy tour, we were finished. That was a long tour, and yeah. we towards the end of it. And honestly, like, uh, my marriage was falling apart at that point, mm. and uh, I didn't know what to do to fix it. Yeah, I mean, that's just a straight talk, man. Like, uh, yeah. just uh, so I was like, I think I need to be done with this. And I remember we were actually in Europe, and. Uh, in the, the Netherlands and uh, we were staying the night and Milam went out uh, to take a picture of this like this uh, town center it looks like it looked like a, an old cathedral but it was really just a, like a town center but yeah. it was this really cool old building and then he's like I want to go take a picture at night and so uh, him and I walked out there it's probably around midnight and uh, took a picture and I remember just telling him, dude like we always we always said family first and I think I I think I need to quit yeah I think I need to be done he was like he just looked at me and was like okay you know he wasn't like he wasn't like no man don't do it you know yeah because it's a lot it's a lot in that moment to to say hey like I want to quit because that's basically me saying like screwing up not just not just my own life but you know (laughs) four other dudes in a band yeah you know a manager booking agent uh you know all these people that kind of like sound guy you know road guys you know all these people that relied on us and had been loyal to bleach up until that point is basically like saying hey you got to go find another gig now so it's like kind of kind of heavy 
And I got we got back from taking that picture, and I found and they were like, "Where you guys been? Where you guys been?" And uh, we told them we were out at the you know taking a picture and stuff, and they said, "Well, you know, uh, they've been trying to get a hold of you. Your dad, I knew my my dad had like a surgery okay. while I was in the yeah. Europe. Same time, same. All this happened at once. And yeah. They said, you know, like he's he's my he, he's probably not gonna make it. Oh wow. And so like I immediately grabbed all my stuff drove got in this little van and uh at midnight and drove yeah. through the night and i got on a flight like the first flight out of frankfurt frankfurt uh germany uh back to the united states and the whole way not knowing if my dad was gonna be there when i got there and yeah. so when i got there he was he made yeah. it and uh he's still with us now but like nice. cool <laughs> it was just a crazy moment man all, all the way around so anyway that's why it was it was pretty much I pretty much was just like, I got to do this. You know, Milam yeah. and Milam and Jared's brother had passed away in Iraq mm. around the same okay. uh, a little bit earlier, so they were both like spent. Sam had a had a baby, you know, had kids and was like yeah. having to be away from them. So it's just it was just like all of it was kind of the right time. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys, that was what coming up on ten years that you had been a band at that. You're almost. You know, yeah. almost a decade. So, he had a yeah. he had a pretty long run. That's a, and, a, and the tour, the way you guys toured, was a lot. And I mean that for any band, like just touring takes a, takes a toll. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it. You know, I've thought about that a lot. You know, like I I honestly I think I wouldn't change any of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it was awesome. It was one of the best point times of my life, man. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like it was something special that I was able to be a part of, and you're right. Like I feel like it just the things happened that happened, and it was supposed to be that way. So yeah, that's awesome. Grateful for it. Yeah, I actually didn't get to see you on the farewell tour, but I was at one of the shows. Uh, oh really? One of the uh, I don't remember what the name of the festival was, but it was it was on it was like an outdoor thing at a festival in. Uh, in Pennsylvania, like on a mountain outside of Williamsport, huh? Yeah, it was like up on up on top of a mountain, and I had a, uh, I was seventeen, and at the time, you uh, you know, you junior license or whatever, you had to, I had to get home before eleven or whatever it was. Oh, really? So I, uh, so I had to head out, but I was, but I was there. <laughs> That's awesome. That was yeah. I, I would say that to any band. Like if you're gonna do it, like if you're gonna quit, like do that. Yeah. It was so good for us. Like do that farewell tour was awesome. You know, yeah. good turnouts. It was like it was it was good. Yeah. Awesome. So and you you did uh Royal Empire music, is that the name of was that the name of it? Yeah, so after so like when the band broke up or right around that same time we finished up we did one more record uh farewell old friends which i don't mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't even know how many people got that record or even knew it existed but um probably one of my favorite records that we've done mm-hmm. um we did that record and then um i had like a setup like a, i had like a studio in my house yeah at the time and so um my buddy brad moist from uh mono versus stereo yes yeah. goatee you know um he asked if he just did let he didn't ask if I would do this if I would do like a 
a sideband project and he told me who all was doing it and uh jared and i were like yeah let's do it so um yeah so we we just we did like uh three songs on that yeah do you guys record anything else other than the the songs on that my other band compilation uh i'm trying to remember i think we maybe did like some demos but we never recorded anything like that was the only thing we did like like really did you yeah. know professionally but <laughs> so yeah. what, so what's uh what's life looked like i mean obviously this is a lot you know a big span of time between then and now but what is you know what have you been doing with your life post bleach well dude i i uh the most awesome thing that's happened is i just had a baby my well i didn't my wife did congrats so i got that's married awesome. um i, I did I did end up going through a divorce probably about uh, four years, four or five years after okay. we broke up. Yeah. Um, which I would not wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> like, it's, dude, I don't know if you know anybody that's been through it, if you've been through it yourself. But I, I know lots of people, unfortunately. It's like, uh, you know, somebody had told me during that time, like, it's kind of hard to hear, but they were like, God hates divorce. And I was like, I do too. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. This is the yeah. worst thing I've ever, worst thing I've ever been through. And uh, uh, so, but I, but I just got remarried, uh, or not remarried, but married to the girl I'm with. I guess it's remarried. I don't know if it's remarried or different, <laughs> different woman. <laughs> yeah, um, I just got married uh, to an amazing woman, and, and a little less than a year ago, so about in June. Yeah, and we had a baby, so like we literally the earliest moment that we could possibly have a child we had, yeah. we had her and uh yeah so that happened that all happened right before the end of uh right before covid hit the world okay and so like yeah. literally literally we had the baby we got home two days we were home for two days so juniper is her name we had juniper we got home we were home for two days and my wife inger uh well, we were getting ready for bed. She got out of the shower and she was climbing the bed. And then she was like saying that her chest was feeling weird and her mm-hmm. jaw was hurting. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, well, I guess heart attack. And I was like, I was like, we're going to the hospital. Yeah. So we went to the hospital and she literally had a heart attack. Oh, wow. This was like, this was like a month and a half ago. Wow. And so, um, so it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, she she doing okay, recovering and. Yeah, she's doing good. Good, she's, good. It's a, it was like a freak thing. It was a, yeah. A, called SCAD, and huh. uh, it's like spontaneous coronary artery dissection, and so like huh. basically like where your artery kind of gets a little slice in it, and yeah. like flap kind of closes off the flow of blood. Wow. So the, I mean, the doctors like the cardiologist like, your heart is a hundred percent. You know, it's it's healthy as a. It's healthy as a, a, it's healthier than like a healthy person your age. So wow. like, so yeah. So it's just a just a weird thing. But um, yeah, she's doing great. Right. Yeah. Baby's doing good. Um, I'm happy to have a wife and a baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's been awesome. So I'm trying to think. Uh, also, so I worked for a, re- a couple record labels after Bleach. Um, I worked, uh, did some freelance work, design. I was a designer, a graphic designer. So I did a lot of graphic design work. Okay. Um, and then I uh, ran a label for about seven years called uh, Slow Speak Records, mm-hmm. and 
had some great artists. Um, it was a great time. And then um, I started working for a relief organization called Food for the Hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do now. And it's crazy, man, but, like, I would have never thought it. But, like, it's by far the best job I've ever, I've ever done, man. That's awesome. It's, like, it's unreal. I mean, like, to see the work um, that Food for the Hungry is able to do in all these places and how it's able to help people uh, who are in poverty and who really don't have a have an opportunity. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can't, dude, I don't do anything I don't believe in, and it's, like, after seeing it I'm like I'm all in so, yeah um, it's a, it's an amazing organization uh, did a lot of great work it's hard I mean right now our my job is with touring and artist relations and yeah so there's not much touring happening right now yeah. so um, it's a little bit tough but um, but uh, we're doing you know you don't think about that you know we yeah. think about like what we're dealing with right now you know my, my mom said I was kind of talking about the world and the state of the world and a lot of people are having a hard time financially and she's yeah. like like Davey like your grandparents and your you know your parents had to go to war for your country <laughs> you know like yeah because we're your generation we have to stay on we have to stay away from we have to stay on the couch we have to social distance you know what I mean and I'm, yeah. I'm like that's kind of true actually yeah um, and it does it is crazy and it does suck but imagine that in a refugee camp you know yeah it's like they all tragedy always you know natural disaster always hits the poor Mm -hmm. like way harder you know and so so we're still trying to trying to help those folks Um, and yeah it's a great job i love it awesome i'm you know i'll make sure i'll get a i'll get a link in my uh you know in the notes to to food for the hungry and yeah, I'll send you a link to the uh, the like COVID uh, response. Oh, awesome! Great. Seriously, yeah. like, if you're listening to this, just know, like, this, like, I I know when I was whenever I before I worked for anybody like this, I thought I was always so skeptical, and dude, I mean, they do child sponsorship. I literally, my wife and I sponsored six kids mm. at the place we work. Yeah. So. I've met them. I've met two of them. And oh, cool. it's like, it is unreal, man. Like, the, yeah. the impact that it has is huge. So, um, yeah, definitely, if you're thinking about giving in any way, like, check out check out Food for the Hungry, and I'll, I'll give you the link and stuff. Yeah, but, awesome. So, you, are, do you make music still? Are you, you know, it's just kind of uh, on your own? Yeah. Or? I can't stop, man. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I haven't really recorded any. Um, yeah. Like, honestly, since I, when I, when I, I kind of stopped. Actually, I say I can't stop. I kind of stopped there for a while, and then, like when I went through, uh, when I went through the divorce, um, it was like the floodgates opened up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I probably wrote more songs then, and then, you know, during that time where I was like trying to figure myself out and like figure out dating too. After that, like, <laughs> you know, and like, like being in my uh you know mid 30s and like at that point and like yeah trying to like figure out how to date how to <laughs> how to like i don't i don't even know the right words i want to say pick up girls but i don't know <laughs> you know I, I don't know that's not 
I don't know. I know that's not like. How do you actually start that? And I didn't want to like jump on some like dating website or yeah. something. So, dude, <laughs> that opened the floodgates. Any kind of turmoil in my life will open floodgates, or, or any kind of joy. And yeah. so, like, I started writing songs. I probably have written, dude. I mean, probably like hundred songs, seventy-five. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I just, I just started writing um, and so yeah. that's my way to deal with like there to deal with like what I'm going through and to be able to talk through life somewhat so yeah do you think you'll ever release any of some any of these or is this kind of just your own you know for your own therapeutic you know therapeutic you know yeah relief I don't know man I mean I want to say yes I will I, yeah. I don't with life the way it is I don't know that I I don't know that I have the capacity to financially and like, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, dude. I mean, maybe <laughs> I want, I probably, I, I think it'd be good. There's time, there's moments where I'm like, Oh man, yeah, that's, that would be really good for other people. But at the same time, there's also moments where it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know <laughs> if I feel it's not, and some of the songs, I don't know. It's like, it's weird when, when you write a song, it's like, if it's connected to you and your personal personal life, like when some of that when that when that part of your life passes, it's like it feels weird singing about things that yeah. are not. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Like it's like a different it's a different time. So maybe I mean, yeah. I think I feel like they're that's I don't know. I feel like they're the this is I don't mean this to sound cocky, but I feel like they're the best songs I've ever written, you know, I mean, they're the most that are tied to me, you know, I, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, you, you might have a little bit of extra time to work on them right now with, you know, everything going yeah, on. Yeah, I do. I probably do, but <laughs> yeah. I don't have it. I don't have a, I don't really have a way to record these days ah. on my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just release a handful of, handful of like voice memos. Yeah. Hey, why not? I'll check them out if nobody else will. <laughs> cool, man. Well, you know, congrats again on uh, becoming a new dad. I, I, I recently had, uh, actually, I literally just a few minutes before our call, I released a podcast episode that I did with uh, Dave from Kids in the Way. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's got a, he's got a you know, three, well, the, I recorded a while ago, so it might be four month old now as well. So, it's a... Uh, Dave's That's from awesome. old Christian bands with new babies season apparently on my yeah, podcast. I so. <laughs> Dude, I, I I have thought about like now in this stage of my life, every stage I'm like, maybe I should write or maybe I should put out a record like this. I'm like, dude, I've been singing a lot of a lot of lullabies, a lot of like yeah. songs lately. You know, so just because I'm singing to my daughter, man. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for sharing. Anything you wanna, you know, anything going on you wanna plug? I know, you know, we uh, we'll I'll get that link for food for the hungry. Anything else, you know, any uh, Dude, other you know friends or bands or anybody you wanna just shout out? Here's your opportunity to shout it out yeah. to whatever small little audience of people listen to I my don't podcast. Know, man. I think I wanna ask a question of you. Like, what are you? What are you listening to right now, man? What like, am is there I listening to? Music that you've like been stoked on i think that's like i want to hear that yeah okay so i have been i've just been kind of in a season where i'm like really interested in 
kind of, you know, 90s Christian music, honestly. Yeah. I've been working my way through the Tooth & Nail catalog, kind yeah. of on my own. Um, I, I, I think you saw on my Instagram, I, I post every week all the music I listen to. Um, yeah. And I just, that started, I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to just work through, because I've got, my library of music is insane. And I was like, I want to listen through every album I have a couple years ago. And then yeah. that just turned into keeping track of everything I listen to, period. Um, yeah. So I have been listening to lots of music from the 90s. Um, really been enjoying, like, uh, Morellis Forest and Joe Christmas a lot. Yeah, dude, Joe Christmas. Yeah, man. I, lo- those... I love those two records. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know what record you're listening to, but I love those two bands. Yeah, yeah. So I've been uh, digging that. Um, as far as newer stuff... Um, I've been really into 100 Gex. I don't know if you know who they are, but, uh, it's, it's weird, noisy dance, experimental music, and it's super, it's just real strange, but it's, like, kind of dancey, but it also, there's influence from, uh, you know, you can tell they were influenced by, like, some punk and metal stuff, too. It's, it's a, it's real weird stuff, but, uh. Is it like, I mean, like, like, uh, well, I guess metal, I don't know. I was trying to think of, when you were saying dancey, I was thinking of, what's that band? Is it uh, Wolfpack or something like that? I've heard of them, but I've never listened to them, actually, so I don't, I don't really know. That band's awesome, and they're weird. They're like, kind of dancey, kind of like soulful, but yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm into, that and, you know. Tell me that band again. Uh, 100 Gex, G-E-C-S. Um, so I've been listening to that a bunch, and, you know, always lots of Pedro the Lion. Like, I, Dude, you know. Dude, love, uh, that's one of my favorite. It's, it's weird, it's like, I feel like my, like, two of my, you know, like, there are two or three of my favorite artists that are, like, always, you know, Bazan stuff oh, is man, always, kinda... what was that? You cut out. Oh. What you just said. Uh, Bazan stuff is always is always playing for me. It's like, yeah. it, and it's like a weird mix. It's like Bazan and like Kanye and Kendrick Lamar stuff. Those are you know always the go to, and it's a weird mix. But um, dude, I think we could uh, we could we could jam together. I would love I would love that. <laughs> like that's that's my some of my favorite. Dude, tell yeah. me what's your favorite? I mean, you can cut this interview off <laughs> oh, like, this is fun what's your I want to hear what, what's your fav, what's what's your number one tooth and nail band like what's your number one record okay. or, or band okay let's say band uh, me without you or, they, me without you that's yeah. awesome yeah, yeah they're, they're they're definitely in my top ten yeah they're they're like my all time favorite band ever like I I mean I grew up in central PA so I was close enough that, you know, and my grandparents lived, like, right outside of Philly, so I got to see them, like, a ton, so them just kind of, you know, and they, they're, they're so ridiculously good live, so I'm, I'm hoping I get to catch them maybe whenever they get back to touring after all this is over, since they've got, uh, they're gonna do a brother-sister tour, and then they're gonna do, like, a farewell-farewell tour, so I'll probably... Probably make a trip down to Philly for the final show if I if I can swing that. I've got got family in that area, so. I remember seeing those guys at Cornerstone and just thinking like, 
it was like the first time like it must have been like when their first around the time their first record came out and yeah. like they were all dressed in like parkas yeah like full on like <laughs> Luke Skywalker or Han Solo like looking like fur like giant parkas and it, it was like 98 degrees 99 <laughs> degrees it was like the middle of summer in Illinois yeah and they had you know at that point they were like they'd go to like a florist shop and find flowers and they were like throwing flowers everywhere and I was just like dude this band is from another planet and yeah whatever planet they're from I want to be from there because they're so awesome yeah I saw them yeah. that, that was actually the last big show before before COVID happened was uh, they played here in Rochester with Thrice. Um, oh, yeah. So I got to catch that tour. And that was, uh, you know, and I, I kind of grew up in a rural area. And so, you know, going to any bigger show, I had to had to drive at least an hour or two. Um, yeah. And so they played here in Rochester at literally the venue that's the closest to my house. Like five to t- like it's a five to ten minute walk like to the next that's awesome. You know, you know, next block over. So I was, I was pretty excited to get to see them here. Sounds like some right place, right time too for you. Yeah, man. So what, what about you? What are you listening to right now? And what's your favorite Tooth and Nail band? Well, uh, man, it's that's tough. Uh, the Tooth and Nail band. I ask you that because I, I don't know if I can answer it. But uh, <laughs> I would say two thirty eight. Yeah. One of my fa- all time favorites. Plank Guy. Relocation on. Yeah, like Eric singing is is also in the top. Me without you's up there. Yeah. Uh, and you know Dave is on. I don't know if you can really call him a tooth and nail band. He had a record on tooth and nail, but um, yeah, and that's a good one. Um, but I'd say those. I'd say those two. Yeah. Uh, I listen to a lot of man. I go back and forth. Like I listen to some new stuff, but like like Wolfpack, I like them a lot. Um. But I end up listening to a lot of stuff. Like, I love Manchester Orchestras. Yeah. You know, anything they put out or Andy puts out. Yeah. Um, I recently saw a video of him covering The Bathroom's a Creepy Place um, oh, by yeah. 238, which is pretty sick. Yeah. So, on the, uh, what is it? Everything is, means nothing? Or what's their, what's their, like, one of their first records? Everything to Nothing? They're, yeah. Yeah. On that record, there's a, there is like a riff that is a total ripoff of a 238 riff. <laughs> and like, it's such a ripoff that I, I think I heard in an interview or somewhere that he was like, no, it, yes, it's a ripoff. He's like, but it's more of a nod to this yeah. So, and I know they toured, they toured, I think he toured, or Manchester toured with Chris Staple. Yeah. Um, or something, but. Cool. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, you know, I listen to some stuff that, like, I mean, I still like some Vampire Weekend. Like mm-hmm. they're, I think they, I don't know how old. I don't they, feel just, like they just put out a new record. record. They just put out a new record this year. Was it in 2020? Yeah, I think so. Or 2019. Yes. Well, I got something. Yeah. There was one that like had the artwork was like really bad, but like in a great way. <laughs> um, what, what, I'm gonna look it up. What was that? What was that record? Was it Contra? Yeah, I haven't heard that. I think the last one I listened to. I'll look it up here. And I'll I'll kind of go I kind of go throwback too sometimes like you you have been. Um, 
I've been listening to. Uh, I'm looking on my Amazon Music right now, <laughs> but I've been listening to all the Rockabye versions of okay. Band, so, which Rockabye is basically like the baby <laughs> And I'm gonna tell you, like the Weezer lullabies are freaking awesome. Oh, nice. They're so, actually, I love them. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. You you had mentioned early on Weezer and you know I, kind of same thing. You guys I, I always think about as a band that was definitely influenced by Weezer. Um, what are what's your opinion on kind of their post Green album uh, catalog? You know, I honestly just think they're horrible. That's just what I believe. Yeah, and I know that that's a real contentious thing to say to some people, but like I don't like them. It's it's interesting. I mean, there's not a single thing that I mean. There's a couple songs that I'm like, I can kind of tolerate it. I'm like, that's all right. But yeah. Like, honestly, I think so. In that time period, I feel like you would listen to a record, or I, this is the way I am. I'll just say that that I heard the blue the blue record was like my favorite record. Yeah. And then Pinkerton came out, and I was like, this is different. I don't know if I like it. And after about, but as a as a music listener in that time, you did your best yep. to love whatever somebody put out. Like yep. you would give it not not only like one listen, but like twenty. Yep. And Pinkerton by far is my favorite Weezer record. Yeah. By far, it took me it took me about five or six listens to get to that point, but like or to get to where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get this. But that record is genius. And I don't know what happened after that. Like, the Green Record was definitely a record that I was like, okay, there's great songs on here. It feels like the Blue Record a little bit. Yeah. But I st- it wasn't my favorite. It was definitely my third favorite. Yeah. And then, and then it just kind of declined from there. Yeah. I mean, Greatest Man That Ever Lived is a good song, I think. <laughs> you know? But it's also just kind of cheesy. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I mean, I, I have a... Uh, you know, I have a friend who, you know, I think it was a year or two ago, made a playlist of all of the the, the later Weezer stuff that was good. And, like, he was like, yeah, if they put all of these songs on one album, you know, it would be, it would be great. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how that band is kind of the, the path that they've taken. It's it's strange. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not, I mean, it, I, I, I never ever get I mean they all they wrote the blue record and they wrote Pinkerton so yeah like but I I've given up on the fact that I think I hope they can do it again I don't <laughs> think they can you know yeah. I don't think it's possible I mean like I was hopeful with the black record I was like okay they're making a big deal about it like maybe it's gonna be good but yeah I maybe listened to it I don't even think I listened to I listened to like half a song on each one I just fast forward I don't <laughs> disappointing man yeah um, that's my that's my view on it I yeah. just and I know I saw some. Uh, there's like a Saturday Night Live or some. Oh yeah, this was like on it. yeah. And I'm not, I'm definitely the guy that's like they've never made another good record. <laughs> yeah, weird, cool. Well, hey man, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. But thanks so much for taking the time to you know talk to a stranger on the internet. Uh, <laughs> Dude, well thanks thanks for asking me to. I think it's fun to kind of go down. Yeah, man. I I talked to. Uh, so my fr- I'm friends with uh, with Justin Palmatier, and he was just like, "Dude, you gotta have you gotta have Davey on your podcast." I was like, 
you got a contact and he was just like you can send him an insta message so yeah that's awesome man thank you jb for coming on the show and thank you to all of you who listened if you're first time listening uh you know go back and check the archives You'll see some names you might recognize, or you'll see names you don't recognize who are my friends who also create really cool stuff. And that's why, you know, that's really the main reason I started this podcast, was to uh, talk to people who I think are doing cool things. And, uh, you know, we've got a whole 38 episodes, other than this one, of content. So make sure you check it out if you're interested Check the show notes. I'm going to have the link to Food for the Hungry so you can uh, help them out right now. And, you know, probably some other links in there as well related to the show. Now, to end this episode, I decided I was going to cover a Bleach song. I don't really normally do this on the pod, but I felt like it. So I'm not super good at recording and all that, but I had fun recording it anyway. So I played an old song called Run Downtown. I hope you guys dig it. If not, that's cool too. You can just uh, turn this off because it's the end of the podcast. All right. Much love, everybody. Strikes old on a sticky